Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Good Ideas Podcast. I'm Bree here with Eleni. Hi, and welcome to another episode where we talk about interior design and try to entertain you guys at the same time. So how's your weekend? <laughs> it was good. Um, we went down to Denver again, and we did a walk, like a three-mile walk for arthritis, like a oh, whole wow. event. Yeah. Um, and then we... Um, oh yeah, I made, I went to like a candle making studio. I saw that. That was cute. What scent did you do? I did like, you know, I like the woodsy, like Mm -hmm. all those and everyone else was doing like fruity stuff and I'm over here like making the most dark and moody candle. (laughs) It sounds good. Yeah, it was like (laughs) sandalwood and I don't know, all these woodsy scents so it was good i like it oh i can't wait to sniff it <laughs> yeah I, I picked it up and i uh they said you can't burn it for like a week or something but i'll let you know how it is how was your weekend my weekend was good i went to massachusetts to go see my brother for his graduation um and i saw the rest of my family up there so it was really good very busy <laughs> a lot of busy yeah, a lot of driving everywhere, and um, but uh, no, it was good. Definitely good. faster pace than my typical weekend. <laughs> yeah, you look nice. I saw you in your green dress. Thank you. That's yeah. what I wore to High Point, so I oh re- reused an outfit. <laughs> I didn't even know that, so that's good. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. Um, we're going to Greenville again or not again well we're going to Greenville this weekend because my brother is coming down and we're having a or my parents are having a graduation party for him so we'll be able to see him again wow (laughs) all the parties yeah I was like one's not enough you gotta have two (laughs) (laughs) that's fun though yeah I'm excited get some free food so that's always good (laughs) do you have a not so good idea yes so today i was trying to find a value engineered option for a fireplace and i saw these really cool ones at high point and i messaged the vendor asking about them and they were like oh we don't have those and i was like yes you do i saw them at high point market and they're like Oh, well, they're not online. I was like, yeah, I know they're not online. That's why I emailed you. So I could, you know, you could send me like a list of them. Yeah. And they were like, hmm, the factory's saying that they don't have any of those. And I was like, what? Oh <laughs> and they gosh. were like, hold on, let me double check. And it was just like this ongoing thing that 
they didn't even like know their own product. Like I specifically saw this one thing at high point and I was like, I know you have it. Why would it be out in the showroom? <laughs> and it was just like a waste of my time because I had this whole idea of Val Engineering with that and uh-huh. it doesn't even like they don't even make it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's crazy. It's People. like false advertisement. Literally. I don't understand. <laughs> like, and it, when we saw it there, they were like, oh, it's brand new. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, can't wait to use it. <laughs> and they don't even know what it is. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. It's uh, pretty bad. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a not a good idea? Um, yeah, that actually just reminded me of my not so good idea. We ordered like these two cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, just they're just random cabinets, nothing that crazy. And one was like three drawers, and one was four. So once they delivered, I did a whole install, and we were missing one of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. So we only ended up getting one. So I, I've been like <laughs> reaching out to these people, like, "Hey, uh, we only ever received one cabinet," and they're like, "I can see from the tracking number that this delivered," <laughs> and I'm like. Yes, it did deliver, but <laughs> we're missing another one. And they're like, here's a screenshot of the tracking at FedEx. As you can see in this <laughs> tracking, oh my it God. has delivered. I'm just like, oh, yes, I get that. But we only received one of the two. And they just like, I, we've been going back and forth for like a week and a half. And they just don't get it. They don't understand like an item is missing, like an item is missing from the order. Yeah, they don't get it. They're just like, (laughs) oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, these vendors, I think everyone's losing their minds. They They really are. We just got heard back from one of the vendors. We had ordered replacement parts to a chair because it was like missing pieces mm-hmm. and they're like oh we we ran out of the parts like a year ago and they had told us like a year ago that they were going to sh- send the parts and the client still hasn't gotten them and I was like okay well can you just send me a new chair and they're like mm, <laughs> oh my god and I was like so this chair is now useless because we don't have a part and they're like we'll reimburse you for the price of the part and I was like but we can't use the chair. And they're just like, oh, it's been a year, so there's no warranty. And I was like, I under, you told me that you would give me a part. Like, it would be here by this year. And they're like, hmm, well, we don't have any more. No. Uh, that's literally the worst. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> what up with these people? Was it like know. an office chair? No, it's a side chair that like had this little like, I don't, I don't even, I honestly, it was so long ago. I don't remember what the part even was, but it like can't function without it. So there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. But anyways, I do have a good idea. I just got back from a run, which I haven't been on in a very long time. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I walk a lot, but I haven't ran in a long time just because it's like not good on my joints per se, but I really liked it and I missed it. So I took my dog <laughs> and I, I went for a little run. So feels good. We'll keep it up. <laughs> Which dog did you take? You have to guess. 
Which dog do you think can run? <laughs> well, you probably, I don't know. I feel like they're both a little crazy, you know? You never know. Yeah, but blue. who has? <laughs> yeah, Blue. Coco does not have the stamina for a walk. Let alone run. We will walk like, I want to say like three blocks down the street and he's dying, like ready to go home. Oh my God. I just figured maybe it was Coco because Coco seems more like well behaved sometimes, but maybe he's not. Blue's better behaved on a walk. Coco gets like really distracted and wants to go back. He'll like start pulling backwards. Like he just turns around and is wanting to go back home. So he's not the best on on a little walkie walk. If he has blue with him, he's fine. Like he needs like a little leader. But Mm -hmm. I can't take both of them. I'm not that strong. Yeah, I don't blame you. That seems like a lot of work. (laughs) If I had like two smaller dogs, I definitely would. But I tried it a couple of times, like walking Blue and Coco at the same time. And my one arm was like this way and the other arm was like that way. And I was like, that's it. We're going back home. Oh, God. (laughs) It was funny. If anyone was watching, they'd be like, this poor girl. That actually reminds me last week I took Willow in her stroller and I went on a run with her and I live like at elevation like high Mm -hmm. and we live in it's kind of like a circle but you go uphill at one point Mm -hmm. and I'm like carrying I'm pushing the stroller up this hill (laughs) and I literally I was dying like I think I it was so hard and well I don't know how you do, do it she's like you can do it mom and i'm like oh, yes. thank you, like, you can do well, it. that's so cute it was really hard you can do it that's really cute oh i want yeah. a little willow to tell me i can do it okay you're <laughs> next <laughs> anyways do you have a good idea um, well, my good idea is spending the weekends. I feel like I keep using my weekends and planning things out a little bit better and like going and doing something fun. Mm-hmm. Like this weekend, we went and made those candles and I feel like it kind of gives me something to look forward to at the end of the week. So I'm not mm-hmm. like always thinking about work. That's good. You need that. Yes, because that's (laughs) all I think about is work all the time. So it's good to like go out and do things. And I've been finding all these new places. So good. Well, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I know that's how you relax is when you keep yourself busy. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. I I just have to plop on a couch and I'm good to go. (laughs) I get like kind of antsy, like sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like I can definitely don't get me wrong, I could like binge a whole <laughs> show, but I get a little anxious sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of shows, I just started watching Bridgerton like on the side while I'm like doing little chores on my phone. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a new one, yeah, yeah, not a fan. Anyways, I, I heard it wasn't that great. <laughs> it's not, I've like I missed the original people, yeah. So. no one's like the same are they um they kept like pretty much most of the main characters but the main guy i guess wasn't on there so sad that is sad it was like the best part exactly 
Yeah. I won't be watching it. I already heard that it was a bad show. Like, the, it wasn't as good, so. Yeah. But I have been watching the Depp versus Heard trial. You have? Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm tuning it out because I agree that she seems crazy. She's literally insane, but he's done a lot of bad things in his life, too. Oh, yeah. I don't think either one of them are innocent. It's just, like, interesting watching two not non-innocent people tried to act very innocent and it's just like yeah (laughs) clearly a toxic relationship yeah they're just like running around in circles and to me i think the judge is getting a little annoyed (laughs) i can imagine it's literally everywhere it is you really can't miss it even if you haven't watched it you've probably seen like little clips of it yeah anyways I've been watching Survivor. <laughs> yeah, Eric and I watch it every week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he gets super into it. He's like never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch it like as a kid. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like getting back into it. And he's like, what is this? Like he's getting excited about it too. So it's oh, that's good. Yeah. You guys, if you like that, you should watch Alone. Have you seen that? I haven't <clears> seen that. It's like the same, well, almost the same concept, but they like place all these people like off on their own and they have like no resources, like no one is there with them. They have like a camera that they can record themselves and they have to basically last however long they can last. There's no like, okay, if you last three months, like you win. It's like the, no one knows who is dropped out and who is still there or anything like that. So like you could still be going for like months after all the last people have already left. Oh, no, no. And no. It is like it's so good it's stressful but it's really good (laughs) that does sound good i'll have to try that one do you have any design new design things that you've seen lately yes we were at we flew into the providence airport um when we went this weekend and the bathrooms are really nice but they had the laboratory sink that like also had the soap in it but then like on the spout it also had like the um dryer like the dyson dryer so it was like all in one so like everyone had their own dryer for their own sink oh wow (laughs) that's pretty cool i mean something like small but i haven't seen that anywhere yet so that was really cool that's interesting Hmm. Mm -hmm. i've actually been seeing a lot of people talk about the metaverse again like even more lately Mm -hmm. have you noticed that yeah like since our (laughs) podcast came out i feel like i'm hearing about it all over the place everything's turning into like vr yeah crazy kind of (laughs) scary it is scary i'm seeing like they're gonna be having pop-ups around the u.s where you just like go in and it's all vr you just sit there on your goggles i just feel like this might be an unpopular opinion. I just feel like VR is very overrated. It's not that exciting to me. I like real life a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And maybe if you don't like real life, then yeah, I can see that being fun little ex- form of ex- 
<laughs> escapism. <laughs> but I, I don't find it very intriguing. I know we'll have to because we're probably going to have to design things for the metaverse, but I don't want to be in it. Yeah, I've been seeing um, like people designing like metaverse designers online too. Mm-hmm. It's really popping off. But yeah, oh, what yeah. are we going to do? Like our national parks and stuff. Like that's, know. you know, that's where we should be. We should all be in nature. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> it's only going to like cause more depression. Like we all were stuck inside for two years and now they're like, no, stay inside, stay inside, stay inside. <laughs> like I don't want to stay inside anymore. <laughs> me either. Get me so, out of here. Yeah. I don't, I don't think like mental health wise it's i say it's a bad idea now for like experiential design like i can see it being like cool but as an everyday thing like going online shopping in the metaverse (laughs) new 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 (laughs) i think it could be like yeah fun sometimes like a little hobby but not that can't be our whole lives you know no it's slowly slowly taking over yeah i mean there's like so many things now that don't require you to leave home like you have uber eats and grubhub obviously then you have like instacart where they can deliver your groceries then you have i mean netflix you don't have to go to the movie theater Mm -hmm. there's like so many things like keeping us inside i don't want another one (laughs) yeah that's very true so no yeah, everybody <laughs> needs to get out in nature. Mm-hmm. Go to go hiking or something. Go yep. on a walk without your goggles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of getting out into nature, our guest today actually salvages pieces of wood from Australian forests to create her furniture. She is a multidisciplinary artist and designer. She's considered a contemporary woodworker, creating a whole new meaning behind wood furniture. She's turning traditional, everyday pieces into functional art. We are so excited for you guys to hear from her today, so please welcome to the Not So Good Ideas podcast, Olive Gilhilly. Nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you. You have a shared workspace, you said? Well, sort of. It's actually a really big factory. And then I've got a part of it um, where I do, like, this is the dust room, for example, like an enclosed area. And then there's my equipment. And then I share it with a bunch of cabinet makers um, who are all in their 50s. And, like, I don't know, look at what I'm doing most of the time and think it's pretty out there. But <laughs> <laughs> So do you want to kind of tell us how did you get started on this whole journey? Yeah, so I actually grew up, both my parents are artists, so I kind of grew up with a lot of art around. I always wanted to be, you know, I think there's uh, moments even as like a five-year-old where people would be like, what do you want to be? And I'd be like, oh, I want to be an artist. So I um, moved from Perth to Melbourne in Australia to do, uh, it's like a sculpture and spatial um, practice degree, uh, like university degree. And that was three years long and it was very conceptual, like ultra conceptual, Um, you know, like girls would spray a scent in a room and then that would be the artwork or um, I don't know, like sometimes it would just be a pile of dirt (laughs) in the room. Like it was, 
I didn't really learn how to make anything, I suppose. Like I really wanted to go in and learn to cast stuff and learn to carve things. And, you know, I was really interested in processes and that particular degree would, did not allow for that. Um, so I finished that and, you know, maybe it opened my mind up or something, but um, I finished that and then I went and did a furniture design degree after that where I learned like how to use tools um you know I remember leaving the first degree and didn't even know how to use a drill I was like something's not right here like I actually <laughs> really don't know anything um how to make anything so then I went and did this um yeah like a two-year like a shorter degree um and it was all based in kind of like manufacturing I suppose and design and uh, you know learning woodworking skills as well as like some metalwork skills um and yeah, I loved it. And really like, I already had a real interest in design rather than just pure art. So I think finding that, um, you know, that kind of joint space or the in-between was really interesting to me. Yeah. So from there, I noticed all your pieces are made out of wood. What made you decide that was gonna be your, like one material source? You know what? It's not something I necessarily think I'll do only forever. Um, like I, I imagine I'll work in other materials some, probably fairly soon. Um, but I really fell in love with wood because I love how transformative it is. And especially with some of my pieces, like I'll go, cause yeah, it's, it's ultra, I'd say my work is like ultra sculptural um, furniture or functional art. That's kind of what it would be classified as um but definitely the transformative quality of wood because a lot of the time i try to work as sustainably and ethically as possible so a lot of the time i'll be sourcing the timber myself and i'll be going into bush in australia you know over here we've got bush um <laughs> so i'll be going into the bush and i'll be or i'll be going onto like farms and friends properties and things and i'll be sourcing trees that have already like been felled because of um, they're in the way or because they're dying or sick or sometimes it'll be trees that have been um, hit by lightning um, or burnt in an old fire, like all sorts of things. Um, and it's amazing because I'll be getting these really gnarly and pretty hectic looking bits of timber and then transforming into them uh, into a polished kind of refined artwork, um, which I don't think you can do with many materials, like, like from start to finish, you know, like mm -hmm. I think lots of materials you get it and it's already in a pack of like I don't know like you'll get steel or whatever um it, it's really getting something from the earth I suppose or you know getting something from its purest form and then transforming it into this usable piece or like artwork I just saw your post on Instagram where you're saying you went out and you're sourcing all this <laughs> timber and I saw all your photos do you have like a team that helps you do that or are you just doing this all by yourself um, yeah my team is my boyfriend and his cousin <laughs> and um a couple of my friends <laughs> yeah my team my 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 boyfriend is um yeah look he's amazing uh we've got a very common interest I suppose but um I sometimes call him the like silent collaborator or whatever because he he's got a big f truck with a crane on the back of it and um wow. so we'll go into the push together and like we'll go four wheel driving and you know we'll use his crane to um you know pick up because his the f truck can take 2.5 tons or something so yeah wow. it's 
Yeah, he's my team, really. And um, then we've got a group of people. I always say, um, you know, with my practice, because it's such heavy pieces as well, like they are really heavy and I'm not as strong as people think. Um, you know, I haven't got as many <laughs> muscles as people think. Um, so it takes a village is what I, I tend to say about my practice. Like I've got a lot of really supportive community around me because, um, you know, sometimes even it'll be one of the tables I made last year it was like 500 or 450 kilos and I had to get seven guys because I made it with the legs up. So I made it upside down is how I, you know, carved it and everything. And then in order to turn it over, I needed to get seven or eight guys to come and physically turn it over. And that's how heavy it was. And everyone was like, wow, Olive. You know. <laughs> I don't know, like five foot seven or whatever I am, five foot six and um you know whatever 60 kilos has to has to make the 450 dollars uh, 450 kilo table so anyway <laughs> how much does that cost oh to ship oh yeah well luckily that was a local <laughs> um, that was a local commission that particular one but yeah some of the some of the shipping gets up there um definitely <laughs> I did a solo show last year I had to because Perth is quite um I think it's Perth's the most isolated city in the world I don't know if you've ever heard that um like it's more isolated than it's further away from any other city than um Honolulu even so wow. it's like really wow. far away um so Sydney's like a Sydney's five four hours four hour flight away um anyway so yeah I shipped a whole container pretty much of artwork to Sydney last year and it has to go quite far <laughs> so it does get up there but wow oh I was God. gonna say the only thing I know about Perth is that Bonnie Bear song <laughs> oh really I what's the song it's just called Perth I don't <laughs> might... oh. no, well there's a Perth in Scotland so it might not even be this Perth oh. I'm not sure oh, yeah. <laughs> probably right I'm not sure with which Perth it was about but I just know it's called Perth and when you said you're from Perth Australia <laughs> I was like that's pretty cool so all of your pieces are made out of wood and wood can be seen as kind of more of a like textural very rough sometimes you know it's and all of your pieces are very smooth like they give this soft feeling so where did that come from um yeah it is they are really smooth that's a big I think um my pieces are fairly like high-end works um and I think that the quality of finish is really important to me so they are ultra smooth like there's a lot of the, I always say my biggest job is sanding like sanding it's I don't know, maybe it's like one one part um, carving or, you know, one part gluing, one part carving, and then, I don't know, eight parts sanding, it feels like. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, the smoothness is, the curviness and the smoothness and the softness, I really like that, yeah, it's a hard, a hard material and then it can look so, um, yeah, evocative and like organic and um, warm. I do think that timber compared to other materials like stone and metal and things, it is a warm, there's a real like earthly earthiness. Um, I think there's a real, it doesn't feel, because it comes from an, an alive thing like a tree, it feels closer to us than I suppose like a stone or, you know, a metal sculpture would. Um, yeah, the softness I think also comes from trying to, embody 
that kind of feminine and womanly like it really there's a lot of self-portraiture in my work or like referencing the female body and that's um, I kind of started doing that mainly because it's what I knew because it's my own body Um, but I also (laughs) sort of came from a space where there was a lot of um, you know uh, like men I suppose making artworks and like men making female forms and I always found that kind of strange because it always felt a little bit voyeuristic you know um Mm -hmm. kind of like making yeah and objectifying I suppose so it was about making these feminine objects and these soft and like warm objects but making them as a woman uh, making them like they're my own they're part of me kind of thing rather than just saying something and I don't know yeah objectifying it or whatever (laughs) so is that what you would say inspires your work is the female body Definitely part of what inspires my work. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of, I mean, yeah, I in my shapes, I definitely reference like classical sculpture, like, yeah, Brancusi and I love Noguchi's work. Um, you know, there's all these sort of male classes, uh, classic sculpture from the like 1920s and things, um, you know, even Jean Arp and all these sort of sculptors. So I'm kind of referencing I love those shapes and like that's a really big influence to me but I think it's taking it into my own context as a woman working today um yeah I definitely am inspired by the female form and like bodies but also sometimes it might be a body of like a landscape you know um it's not necessarily always just the female um, form there's lots of different inspirations or sources of inspiration sometimes it might even be like architecture I might see you know, a, be- a really like brutalist building and be inspired by the uh, kind of the um, forms in that. Yeah. I could see that in some of your pieces. Yeah, that's really yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that juxtaposition, I feel like it's so interesting. I've seen some of your drawings of the, your, I don't know if they're self-portraits or just the woman's form. And then you have those two tables that you kind of created out of that, those two small tables. Yeah. That's really interesting. Just, and I also saw a few other watercolors. So do you start off with watercolor and then work your way into like hands-on? Yeah, it depends. There's, a, you know, there's a couple of different approaches. I am big on watercolors, like for figuring out things and, you know, kind of thinking of an initial idea. Um, definitely when I'm designing the functional works, cause that's like, there's more of a process of design in that than just the purely sculptural pieces. Um, but definitely it starts with watercolors as the first kind of sketch. Um, yeah. And from there I'll do cutting lists and it becomes more functional or, you know, uh, more practical, um, processes. Um, but sometimes it also just starts with seeing a piece of wood that I think is really interesting. Um, and going from there. So some, it depends, you know, sometimes it will, it'll be a purely intuitive kind of thing. I'll get a, you know, a big piece of wood and it'll have a particular grain in it or a particular form that's already there. And I'll be like, that kind of looks like this or it makes me feel this way. Awesome. So what does a typical day in the life look like for me? Or, you know, start to finish. I know it's probably Uh, different, but. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really lucky because, you know, in working for yourself, you just get to, every day is different. Um, You know, some days it'll be, going down south, which is, um, you know, the southwest of Western Australia is a really beautiful area, you know, 
it's uh, more rural um, and it's like a really beautiful bush and really beautiful landscape and coast. So sometimes it'll be going down south for the weekend or, you know, for a week and doing like a timber hunt and, you know, gathering interesting bits of timber. Um, and then that'll be all I do for the week. And then another day I might be just doing drawings. Like it might just be a day of drawings and like trying to get ideas out. Um, definitely at the moment I'm thinking about my next solo show, which is probably like late 2023 and I'm so there's a few days where it's just pure draw, uh, drawings um and then if I'm in the studio there's yeah it it really depends on what I'm working on but it might be sanding um for like all day sanding listening to podcasts actually um <laughs> sanding listening to podcasts or might be using angle grinders um and like chainsaws to shape timber um or it could be glue ups um yeah it really depends but I try to be in the studio from like I mean the cabinet makers all laugh at me because they get here at like 6 a.m every single day and they always say when I walk in like the afternoon <laughs> even if it's like 8 a.m so I try to get here at 8 a.m otherwise there's a lot of like a couple lot of flack um so <laughs> yeah 8, 8 a.m till 4 a.m I'm kind of trying to be in the studio during weekdays but if I'm not in you know during the week I'll come on the weekend it's very just you know I think it's life of the artist kind of thing what's your favorite part of the process I know it's probably sanding but maybe (laughs) I think everyone that works with wood says the same thing which is the finish like when you get the oil and like you've done all the hard work it's like you've you know it's basically there and then you just apply the oil and you just see it go from not finished to suddenly being a finished object that's the most satisfying um, part of the process but I do love the because yeah I do I use like chisels and gouges and you know hand tools um, but I really love using these specialist wood carving bits on angle grinders and it's a pretty physical process but it is really fun you know like it's a really um exciting and like fun part of the process it's just it's very dirty as well there's lots of dust I suppose <laughs> but yeah it's, um, on. it sounds fun <laughs> yeah it yeah. really does so do you do any work like on the computer do you draw in CAD or SketchUp or anything like that or you just well, hand draw I'm- I learned all that. I learned Rhino and SolidWorks and like AutoCAD. Um, But I find that it really, I didn't really, it's not my creative process. Um, And I do find that one criticism I have of those programs is it kind of looks like everyone is drawing from, it looks like one person drew it all kind of. Mm -hmm. It looks, you know, I think that sometimes in design, you can kind of tell if it's been designed on a CAD program because you're limited by the, you know, the tools on there kind of thing. Like it's kind of a, yeah, I I personally can always tell, especially with organic things, you know, like uh, you can tell that the human hand hasn't been involved in the design. And so I find it looks, there's a genericness to it all. I'm not sure, you know, even when it's like a really organic 3D printed or CNC carved elaborate wooden thing, I can always see that there's that human touch isn't in there. And it's, yeah, it always reminds me of like just being drawn by one person for me personally. Mine's kind of the 
I would say my practice is the antithesis of that because it's like the opposite of computer generated design. Yeah. I, I definitely that. agree with that. I can mm-hmm. tell that maybe that is why your pieces could be considered like so high end and that kind of sets them apart from these basic things that we're seeing all the time. And that's what's drawing people in. Yeah, and they're definitely one-offs, you know, for the most part. I do do addition work sometimes, but even then I say that it, the, the variations are so, you know, it might be so large depending on timber or, you know, because it's, I don't generally use jigs or anything like that either. So it's, yeah, they're one-offs really. Um, I think that makes each piece very special and individual. I was going to say kind of eliminates any room for um, copycats to kind of steal your idea yeah <laughs> true yeah, yeah it's i i think i'm lucky because in australia we still i think in america um there's a really big market for functional art and collectible design australia we're always behind in everything and i think we're still catching up to that so when i started doing this work i think i really um was one of the earlier kind of adopters of this kind of um this practice because yeah and I can see I saw all this stuff happening in America and Europe and was really excited by that um yeah the space in between functional and purely art objects and also you know there's even some amazing woodworkers in America that I've you know followed for a number of years um yeah I feel like in Australia we're just not quite there yet so it's nice to be I don't I don't feel like there's copycats here just yet (laughs) you know I feel like I'm yeah I'm at the forefront here which is good yeah that's really good do you do any commissions for people or are you just specifically kind of doing your own thing right now I do do commissions um yeah it's an it's a very different it's good to do both I like doing things where I can just purely like just have you know creative freedom but I also generally my commissions I still do have a lot of freedom um you know people kind of they commission me because they like the work so it's you know I find it yeah it's a it's not a challenge I think for some people maybe commissions are more challenging than they have been for me because yeah the people are usually very kind of like let me let loose or whatever so um (laughs) yeah no I do do a lot of commission work it's nice to have both it's nice to have bounds sometimes you know yeah Mm -hmm. the freedom (laughs) (laughs) so with that what do you think is going to be next for you and your work do you think you may one day take it a step further and have your own like work with a furniture brand and sell your pieces worldwide like think big what's next for you um yeah what's next I mean there's what's realistically next in the next couple of years I mean one day I think with my work, because it is, um, yeah, like their artworks, each individual piece is an artwork. I think what would be next is like, I'd like to have, see my work in, you know, national collections worldwide. That's kind of the next step for me, I think. Um, But yeah, it's also, you know, even upping the scale is an exciting idea for me. Like sometimes I think about whole rooms just with my work in it, you know, like the whole, some sort of, you know, I'd love to do a fit out where it's like just entirely my pieces. Um, maybe even it's like wall reliefs or, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'd love to see a little olive world in a room. So 
not too sure, not too sure <laughs> what exactly, but it, you know, if I could think really big, but maybe, maybe it's buildings. Nah. <laughs> hey, um, why not? <laughs> we'll try yeah, to find a client that wants an olive world and they'll pay you for one. <laughs> <laughs> we do something, um, a little fun where we share a good and a not so good idea <laughs> and it can be design related yeah. or in your personal life but if you want do you want to share a not so good idea with us <laughs> um a not so good idea I well, yeah I've really been thinking about this <laughs> I mean, I won't, one thing that I, you know, one thing I was thinking about this morning when I was like getting to the studio is last night or the night before I watched a movie called, you know what, the movie doesn't matter. It wasn't like the best movie ever, but it was from the 1960s and um, all these street scenes just looked amazing. Like the, because of all the cars, all of these beautiful old cars. Then I was like getting to the studio today and cars are so ugly now I don't know like I know that it's like safety and ergonomics and everything and it's like aesthetic <laughs> on you know what I mean like it's just I don't know what yes. happened but it's like the world just went in a particular direction with cars and now we've got like all these ugly you know Toyotas and Kias and things that are really I don't know like it's also angular as well I think that's the other thing is like you know you look at cars like my partner's got a beautiful um, Ford Fairlane, uh, like a 19, I think it's 19 or 1960s. Um, anyway, and it's like got these lovely curves on it and it's like an attractive object. Like it's an attractive, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And then like my mom's just like, and I, and it's like cars just aren't beautiful anymore. I don't know. There's just no beauty in cars. <laughs> like, yeah. Although, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that could go with a lot of things too. I never got my license. I wasn't going to say that on the podcast, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 28 and I never got my license. And I know in America that's really strange. So even though I've said all this stuff about cars, um, yeah, I actually can't drive yet. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I mean, other people can drive you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be able to drive to appreciate a car. <laughs> That's right. I was gonna say that goes for a lot of things though I feel like houses are getting uglier too just like all the new houses well at least in America like all the cookie cutter no, houses that they're building yeah it's yeah it's exactly the same here like shocking shockingly bad like that kind of what is it I think in Australia as well you don't have to have an architect or something involved in the build of a house so you can mm-hmm build a really ugly thing like without any consultation from anyone you know it's just up to yeah I mean I guess that's just a taste thing but mm. anyway. I think it's a yeah we need to see more organic shapes and less angles I feel like we're seeing a lot of angles and not enough organic do you have a yeah. good idea oh. a good idea okay a good idea um I spoke to a friend about this I was like what's a like good idea like what's a good design and they were like oh like I really like my particular type of hammer and I was like no that's not what I mean exactly but um good design I really <laughs> like um I mean there's this brand called Snow Peak this Japanese like camp yeah I'm really enjoying their stuff at the moment like I feel like that's good design you know when you find a brand or a particular company that you just feel like they're, they're, there's a lot 
lot of thought put into each individual piece. Um, so I'm really liking their camp gear at the moment. Um, what else is good design? Gosh, I've got this. Um, I've got this really nice Japanese knife that really works, and then I've got a really bad Japanese knife, like for cooking. Because I do a lot. Of, I love cooking, so. Um, you know, I, this is another bad idea probably, but I've got this Japanese knife where every time you push down, your fingers are in the way. It doesn't allow enough room for your fingers to actually underneath <laughs> it. Anyway, oh, that's no. a bad time. I've got, and then I've got a good one that I love, like, you know, so mandolins, that's a great design. You know, mandolins, cooking mandolins. Yeah. But you slice the, um, yeah, that's a good design. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, well, um, how can people find you? How can they purchase your pieces? How can they reach out to you? Tell us all the good stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm represented by a gallery in Sydney called Gallery Sally Ann Cuthbert. Um, and she's kind of at the, it's probably the only gallery in Australia that specializes in functional art. Um, so definitely like for most commissions and um, to see most of my work, it'll be through her, um, through her website. And, and then for me, like if you want to contact me directly, it's all through my Instagram. I get a lot of like, you know, DMs and stuff through there. Um, and my website's olivierhilly.com. Um, yeah, that's that's how you'd find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, everyone go follow Olive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's been lovely talking to you both. Um, yeah, it's been nice even just to hear the different accent. What do you, do you think? Uh, I have a Southern accent or a regular? Um, regular, I think. Oh, I don't yeah. know. It's different to me. It's like American. American, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your accent, so pretty. And when you were talking about the bush, Hunt for the Wilder People is my favorite movie. And they're always talking about the bush. Oh, I haven't seen it. I need to watch it. <laughs> it's so good. And that's, <laughs> oh, I know it's in New Zealand, but still. And that was the first time I was like, what is a bush? And I looked it up and it's like, it's the forest. And I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that term. <laughs> I'll go watch that movie. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I've heard good things. <laughs> it's really good. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we can talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we really hope you guys like this episode and um, make sure to follow us on our Instagram at notsogood.ideas. There we'll be posting all of her work and if you're an artist or a designer, feel free to reach out to us and maybe you can come on the podcast and be a guest. Our email is notsogoodideaspodcast at gmail.com and all of our podcast episodes come out on Thursday. Thanks. Bye. Bye.